Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning into the right show. Today, I'm excited to have Adrian Fuller. Adrian Fuller is the clinical director and owner of Speech Builders Speech and Occupational Therapy in Apopka, Florida. She earned her master's degree at the University of New Hampshire. She's passionate about making all children from all backgrounds ready for kindergarten. She is co-writer of two books, Put Your Dreams to Work, Keys to Setting Up Your Own Therapy Practice, and Start Your Engines, a roadmap for your clinical fellowship year. Her latest book is a 30-day step-by-step guide for parents and caregivers to help improve communication in their toddler. She also serves as a mentor for starting practice owners. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't we, we don't, you don't really get an opportunity to, to talk about this, but let's talk about how we met in one of the programs that you went through that kind of made our past cross to begin with. Yes. So it was so funny. Years ago, I heard about the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses at a speech at our ASHA, our, our ASHA conference, our national speech conference. And it was something I always wanted to do. But at the time, I just didn't have the revenue. I was a really young business owner. And so I don't know, something happened and I, the word, the name came back to me again and I applied. And I, I, I got in the cohort that just happened to be right as the pandemic hit. And so oh. we, were a, we, were, we had to transition all to online. And so I went through that program, which if anyone has the opportunity, I highly recommend don't you highly recommend it? It oh, was amazing. I, I have three times as big of a team. I have two X my revenue. I have such more intentionality and purpose to running my business. I, I always loved what I do, but yes. now to a greater extent, because I feel much more like confident about what we're doing. I have a, just a much better foundation. Totally. And so I went through that and then I stayed in contact with my like cohort leader and who happened to also be your core cohort leader, uh, your business mentor. And so I, he put us, he was like, Hey, I know this realtor and Amy's there. And, and at the time I was thinking of buying a building anyway. And so, um, he put us together and, and you have connected me with probably the most patient <laughs> commercial realtor I know and and I remember Daryl uh, who Daryl Parker who was our our mentor he was like you know she really cares about the business owner and I I I don't know you didn't ask me to say this but I want to say I still haven't found a place and part of that is because it's a crazy market right yes it, it yeah. is it is and you want to find is. the right thing let, let I will share personally when I crossed the bridge from being a tenant to being a landlord, it personally took me a couple years to find the right, you know, right space. And we've had other people that sometimes we don't find the right thing. And the last thing you want to do is if it's not right, it's not right. I, I think that there are other commercial real estate agencies that maybe would grow 
tired of it and feel like it's never going to happen. But we know when there's the right property that, you know, we're, we're going to advise you that like, do not pass go. You, you just, mm-hmm. just get, just go, we'll go straight to go actually just press go <laughs> and get, get this property under contract, lock it down. I think we found some good opportunities that could work, but you, you don't have that right one. I mean, there's not a perfect one, but we, we will be never with perfect. you until you find the right one. And let me just say that speaks volumes to me because I am a reformed people pleaser. And so my old self is like, okay, I can just, just, I'll take it because she says it's good, but that is no longer true to who I am. And you guys have really supported me in that. And so I have a feeling it's like so close, but you know, you train your team so great to really work with the business owner and just be patient. Like I remember I've said to Sandy, my personal, my realtor from you guys, I'm like, I'm so sorry. It, it's no, <laughs> she's like, yeah. okay, we'll find it. And that helps because I don't right. want to let anyone down, but I can't let down myself as a business owner and you support me in that. So I appreciate that. That's yeah, and, and sometimes it's an educational process. One of my favorite clients, Lance Merritt, it took us almost three years, but you know, he had to learn, like he had to really trust it and trust the product. It's a big investment. And so yeah, it's a big investment and you have to be sure. So, but once the property that's going to be best for you shows up, his showed up on a Saturday morning when I was looking at some alerts and I called him and we found out there was already like eight offers on it on that Monday. So we had lunch to write up an offer and we had it under contract that like Tuesday. I mean, this was process after we've been through dozens and dozens and dozens of showings, but see, I only bring on people that have that kind of mindset of like service and, and making sure that their, you know, clients are confident and understand the process because, you know, otherwise It's just like you're going through like the drive-through at McDonald's and we're not like that. We're like beyond commercial, not like ho-hum commercial. Like we want to like deliver a really great experience and have you feel confident in it. But I'm so excited. I just know within the next, you know, six months to a year, probably that you will have crossed the bridge, you know, and uh, the right opportunities out there, despite the market. And you're going to know it when you, when you, when you see it. I thank you for that. See, I came on your podcast and I got something too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I find that your field is, is so, so important. What can you tell us about the demand for speech and occupational therapy for young children? Well, there is, I'm of the belief as many of us in the field are that, you know, the earlier we grab on or address an issue, the quicker we can, you know, get it fixed and, and, and make a plan. And, and some, and I, along the way, I've realized, Hey, when you're a parent and you've had these dreams for your child and there's a possibility of a disability or just it's your dreams breaking sometimes. And I I always do my best to let parents know, Hey, we're here to walk the journey with you. Maybe kind of like how you do in your business. Yes. We, I don't like to just throw out these crazy terms like disabled or autism or anything like that without saying, hey, we're here to walk you through it. But I do always want to let parents know, let's not wait and see. Let's yes. see and then make the choice. A lot of times I find that parents are just, they, they're not ready to hear the information. So they have that tug 
in their, t- oh, in no. their stomach that, oh no, yeah. but you, once you hear that, you can't unhear it. And then the clock in their head starts like, well, I know he's got an issue and now I don't know what to do. But sometimes just putting your head in the sand, many times will kids outgrow things? Sure. But sometimes they won't. And then you've got that guilt because you've waited so well, you have to, yeah, you have to as a parent. And you know, I have one that's just about to turn one and one that's just over two years old, not even oh two and a half. I, 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 so, but when you have things that come up and, you know, I've had things you have to balance being conservative, but then probably the same thing with, with speech therapy, with some of the things that I have. And yeah, if you go to my Instagram, my daughter has a little helmet around her head and, you know, we mm-hmm. tried all the things that we could do, but then you get to a point where, you know, the door closes a bit. And if we don't do that, then, you know, right. you know, but right. she can sport a helmet. It's fine. We got to fix it and not leave it. But with speech therapy, it would seem that you would benefit from not waiting too long to, to take things, even if it's emotionally hard for me. And and you'd also gain the support of being with a, with a clinic like you or, or someone else that, that cares and can be an advocate for, for the child. Correct. Correct. And so, yeah, I just believe in like addressing it sooner because oftentimes parents wait so long, then when they're ready to start the process of, you know, ruling things out or getting them diagnosed, it's like the parents on fire, but you got you know, we just came out or we're coming out of a pandemic, wait lists are huge. So like, I always say, even if I say, parent, I need you to see a developmental pediatrician to rule out or diagnose autism, or I need you to see a neurologist for those same reasons. Make the appointment. Oftentimes you'll be on a six month waiting list anyway. So if the things kind of resolve themselves or you're seeing improvement, hey, cancel the appointment. But at least you have your plan B. But at least you have the yes. plan, exactly. You got a plan B. And it would seem to me too, if like, I'm not as familiar with it, but the longer that you would wait to take action, the bigger the gap that would be created between yes. your child and and the others in, the, in their group. So, so it would make it more yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But I've heard, you know, great things about your group. And what I, I like too, is just how much you strive to educate. How long has your latest book, the the guide for the parents and caregivers been out? Well, that book is called 30 Days to Get Your Toddler Talking. Yeah. I originally started as a teacher and then I went back to school to become a speech language pathologist. And then eventually I worked my way back to the schools. I mean, even after I swore I would never be in the schools, that's so yeah. funny. But I always feel like when I'm in those meetings, those IEP meetings, those 504 meetings, and when I say IEP, I mean individual education plan, a lot of times as teachers, as therapists, as caregivers, we are, as teachers or directors, we're talking at the parent, you know, like giving them all of this information. Don't, we don't let them process it. We really don't give them a lot of options and we kind of send them on their way. So the book was just like, Hey, this is what you can do. If you're like, I don't think my kid needs therapy yet, but man, they're two and they're still using single words. Well, let's grab the book. You can try anything for 30 days and then say, you know what? It's time for us to go see my pediatrician. And so yeah. Yeah, that's why we wrote it. I wrote it. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. You're letting them be empowered and more in control of the process. So totally. that's awesome. 
So what do you think sets you apart from others in your industry? You talked about being a teacher first. Is there anything else that you feel is is different in your practice? And I know you've been helping others too, to kind of have the same mindset and way of doing things. Well, now this is what makes us different. And I want to say, I don't really know a lot of therapists in particular, in general, that are not great or help yeah. not helping people. No, That's we all have a different into. approach. Yeah. My thing is though, I do like to hold parents accountable. And so recently, you know, I've had like a review or something come through because we have a, like a really strict attendance policy. Cause my thing is no parent wants to do anything long-term. Like you're not going to want to take your kid to therapy for years. So, Hey, let's hit it and let's hit it hard and let's hit it consistent. Uh But when we enforce those boundaries, sometimes it comes across as we're mean or we're uncaring. And that's what makes us different. If you're wanting to like drop your kid off and pick them up and then do it all for three years every single week, we're not the therapy practice for you because we want to do it really intense, six to 12 months and, you know, get them on their way because you don't want to do that. And look, all kids won't be speak six to 12 months, six months to 12 months. Sometimes it is a long-term thing, but you know, we really love when parents mm-hmm. communicate with us, like our, per, our practice, if we see your child at school, all therapists need to let the parent know after each and every session, how the kid did. Yes. Because we want you to be, you know, first of all, we want you to know that we're there. We want you to know what we're working on. So you can carry it over at home. Us seeing your child 30 minutes to 60 minutes, you know, a week doesn't do, we're not magicians. So we need your help so we can work together as a team. Like my best success stories are when the parents lock in with us and they're like, okay, what is the homework? What can we do at home? And then we do it at home. Yes. So that's what sets us apart. And like, it hurts when you get those that don't quite understand why we're doing it. And we really, really strive to like, there's a million people, uh, uh, therapists in our city that do this. And so if that works for you, while we hate to see you go, I understand you have to find the best provider for you. I I can relate to that. I I request a lot of our clients. Some people will start letting their clients go out before they've done all their financial, you know, you had to go through it. We made yes. you figure all your finances out and, and some people don't like that and they get mad at us and mm-hmm. they, they only want to see this and they won't look at other opportunities. And it sounds to me that you have a process that's been mm-hmm. successful and you want what's best for them and what's generally best for most of your, your patients are to try to be very like intense and get that results and, and, and make that push and, and get there. You know, and if you have to go longer, you have to go longer, but you know, you have a secret sauce, you have a recipe that's been working and you want them to do it. And if they, you know, the, you know, if they don't want to do that, they, you're more of a boot camp. It's good. So I, I like that speech. Boot camp. Yeah. And it's a little bit more of a boot camp. Is it intense? But then you're keeping that gap from getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, and you're trying to get them back in step sooner so yeah actually back in step sooner boot camp 
That's I hope a, I, I wonder if I gave us some new branding for you. I, thank you. But yeah, most and I just but if you just want to go to water aquatics and not that not that they're not doing, but you just have a different approach and not that they're not going to get there doing something else, but you'd rather do something more intensive uh, assignments generally that require the parents so that you get the full results. So most of our parents are wonderful. Yeah. They are committed and we work together with them. And so I never want to leave a conversation or a space with like a, there, you know, and most parents I've learned in all of my practice, all parents really want what's best for their child. Sometimes it comes across different than what I think, but at the end of the day, you want your child to succeed. And I understand that. So I'm always, I just want to say, you know, thank you to the parents that, you know, do it and connect with us and really link arms with us to make progress happen. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. like, oh, I got to do what? So, I know. And being ah. a parent is overwhelming. And I think sometimes yeah. as providers, we forget that, but it's just trying to get everything done. If you're working, if you're, you know, yeah. shuttling kids back and forth, adding a therapy session in the mix can be like, oh my gosh. So I understand that and keeping them safe and it's been yes. a kind of wacky couple of past years. So yeah, it can be a lot. <laughs> so what is the single most important advice for parents who are trying to improve the communication with their children? I call it turning on the Disney over explaining and labeling everything with your expressive language. I think for parents to do that, a lot of parents lead with, what's this? Or who is this? Like more questions. But if your child's not speaking, to me, it's just valuable to like, hey, mommy's thirsty. I'm going to unscrew the cap on my water bottle. I'm going to take a drink. All right, I'm going to put the water bottle back. Oh, look, I see a car. Do you see a car? That's a red car. And for most of our parents, it can feel a little silly because it's like, I just want to get it done. But if you're labeling with the language, you're saturating them, their environment with language. And I always say that even for our bilingual parents, it doesn't matter what language, whatever language you communicate best in is what you should saturate their language in. And so that's why we find schools so helpful for all of our kids. But sometimes school can be almost not better than speech therapy, but because they're saturated with language from the moment they hit the door, many of our parents says the best thing we ever did was take them to daycare or take them to preschool. And so saturating language is the one of the best things you can do for your child. Yeah. It was interesting. I was dropping my son off at daycare today and my, he didn't want to go. And I, Gia, will you come here? We're going to glue these objects to the letter C. Remember C's for caterpillar. Uh, so now I, I can hear, yeah, that, that is useful. And it, it is interesting. I kind of feel silly sometimes where I'm like, oh, there's a choo-choo crossing the, you know, there's a train crossing the tracks. Do you see that? Like, yeah, so, cause they may be almost frozen to come up with the words and it's not the worst thing in the world to suggest words and let them hear it and continue to parrot it. Interesting. That's it. That's it. You, you've accomplished a lot. You're a really, you do great work for everything you do. Like how, what does your typical day work look like? How do you keep up that energy? How do you do all this mentoring and education? How do you do that? What does your typical day look like? Well, I always say when I get that question, 
first I say, find the best thing for you. Cause I used to like look at a successful person and say, okay, well, if they get up at 4am, I should get up at 4am. Like once <laughs> I went to this business conference and she was just a super high performer. And I just remember being in spin class and like just making myself crazy, just trying to, I would get up at four and I would work all day and I wouldn't watch any TV. And I, sometimes that wasn't it. As I'm getting bigger, because like you, after I went through Goldman, my team expanded, my revenue expanded. And so starting the day off for me with prayer, I am a Christian and I just that time with God is huge for me. But also like meditation, I meditate more now because there was a minute there that I was like getting really crippled with anxiety just because of all the things that need to get done as a business owner. And so that grounding and that meditation helps journaling regularly helps. And then I am moving into that CEO role, but still have a business in a quite honestly, a labor market that's very difficult. So yes. I, I, I actually went away for a month last summer. I went to Hawaii for a month because I was so burned out. And so when I came back from that trip, I was like, I don't want to treat kids anymore. I just want to run my business. And so that did happen for probably six full months, which I'm super proud of. But I do feel like now I have to like, in the morning, I like to do, you know, evaluations or treatments. Mm -hmm. And then afternoons I take for like administrative tasks. And see, I have my, I have my like week all planned out here, yep. my ideal week. And then, you know, writing reports and then, but I also work out pretty regularly. I work out with a personal trainer now because those, even though it's an additional cost, it's like so beneficial. Yes. And so it's pretty full. I think for me, Amy, the biggest thing as a business owner sometimes is finding time for me. Yes, I can work all day long and be kind of okay with it until you're totally burned out. So for me, yes. it's like finding the balance. Well, you have to find a flow for you. Like for yes. me, I've found that, yeah, getting up at 530, six o'clock in the morning is too early for me because I'd rather once my kids are asleep at 730, spend a couple of hours with my husband and watching like TV or playing Monopoly. And so then that's kind of like what works for me. And like, instead, my office is really like accepting of me going and working out in the mornings. I'll drop my kids off at like eight and then get home at like 930 and be in the office by 10. And what's the big deal? Is the whole office going to fall apart because I didn't get into the office until 10? It's going to be perfectly fine. And so right. to me, that that tends to like work and like I'm not stressed out trying to finish a workout, trying to get the kids up and like mm. kind of like you were talking about doing your own flow. You got to find out what works for you and mm. your energy and your lifestyle that's going to best allow you to do your goals. And one thing is also just to provide yourself grace. I used to have a lot of all or nothing thinking, that's but as long funny. as you're keep getting 1% better, just that even 1% better just adds up and up and up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the yeah. grace for me. I yeah. 100%, like even trying to plan my ideal week, I was like, you see what I'm saying? Adrian, you didn't do it. And But I'm like, at the top, I wrote, give yourself grace. This is just yes. a plan. You know, like things can change, you know, but I love when you said you, you spend that time in the evenings with your husband because as business owners, sometimes 
for me, like I put my personal life on the back burner for a while. And it, I was very intentional, you know, the last couple of years of being like, no, I need to go out and be social and date and do all those things because, you know, all work and no play makes Adrian a dull girl. <laughs> I actually six trips this year. Good for you. I don't know how it's going to work, but I was stuck home from mid of December to middle of January just because of COVID, kids, vacations, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I came back and my team had actually just really blown it out of the water. And I said, do I just need to stay out of your way? And they said, yeah. And I'm like, all right. Okay. So I'm just going to focus on these things and these things. So we'll see. I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I agree with you too. I, um, I still want to be a little bit out on the field. So if you're like talking about a sports team, do I a hundred percent want to be like the head coach where like I'm full CEO? I'm just not there yet. I think it's kind of like baby steps in an organization and you also have to it do is. what fits you. I still tend to work on on a few like development and deals that require like underwriting and like mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots of like financial projections and, and, and those types of things. And I still want to be like in deals and helping agents to kind of like, if they need a strategic question. And uh, I look at every single broker opinion of value that goes out our door on our listings, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a skill, like in sports, the better you get at it. And probably with the, the speech building too, is probably the more that you're incorporating it into your practice, like playing an instrument or anything, the better it gets. And so it's putting that work in. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I agree with you, but I just, it it, it is interesting. There is a lot of similarities among successful entrepreneurs that they're carving out that time for their faith, their spirituality, their meditation, just, but just that, that, that space and then really fueling themselves personally. That's a parallel that I have seen. So what are your future plans? Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? My personal future plans are to buy a building, which I don't know many speech therapy, like therapy practices that do that. And I think it would be just a great way to grow my business without doing more therapy. So I love that idea. I'd like to, you know, develop more products and write more books and maybe start a staffing division of my company. And so I have big goals and I have big dreams and I serve a big God that can help me get them done. Um, But for me, you know, I, every year I try to like pick a word that will like. Yes. What is your word of the year? (laughs) Well, my word this year is trust. Okay. First I was like, okay, maybe I need to trust more in God, but really the trust is coming for me. Like trust more in myself and my ability to make decisions as a business owner. Cause sometimes I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll put off making a decision, but I have to realize when I make a decision, I do the, make the best decision for me, for my business, for my family with the data that I have at the moment. So that's all you can do. But sometimes if you are stuck in a decision or you're avoid making it, then you're just like, oh my gosh, you could spend years trying to make a decision about something or deciding to do something. And then, so the trust for me has been huge as far as yeah. guiding me in my year. Oh, What's your word? 
And you said your word was daring. Daring. I like it. I like it. I'm type A and I tend to overanalyze things. And so just being daring to make mistakes, daring to to try new things. And one of the books I read this year was called Rejection Proof. And it's required reading for my team members because uh, the author of that book, if you remember back in the day, there were those shoes called wheelies that had the little like skates in them. And everybody would Mm -hmm. skate around wearing these shoes. He had actually invented them before they were released, but he didn't have the confidence in himself, kind of like back to your trust. And he didn't do it. And he said to himself, he was going to for, I don't know. I don't know what the period of time was, whether it's 30 days, 90 days, a year. He would do all kinds of ridiculous things and just like put himself out there and just get comfortable with being rejected. And so I have been really pursuing things that I didn't think and making changes and doing whatever I need to do, no matter how comfortable, uncomfortable it is. And the more uncomfortable I am, it's probably a sign that I need to do it. The other book, though, sometimes if you're uncomfortable, you should quit. Our business advisor, Daryl Parker, that took us both through 10,000 small businesses, recommended book called The Dip, because sometimes you hit this like wall head on and you're just like, you don't know whether you should scale the wall or just retreat from the wall. Right. And there's times you should, uh, but there's other times you shouldn't. And so that book helps you to evaluate whether you should or shouldn't. But the greatest thing I've been doing this year is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And one of those things is I will be honest to all the listeners that this podcast thing is something I, it was very uncomfortable for me. And I had at first actually shelved it after I was first going to launch it. And it took me a little bit to get back out there. But I feel like there's so much valuable information to share with entrepreneurs and investors and those in like business that to know that you're not alone and, and share things going on that I was like, I, I have to do this. I'm so going to do it. I think knowing that we're not alone is always a great thing. So I think as a business owner, it's so important that we connect with other business owners, no matter how that is like on YouTube, going to a conference hiring a coach, but we need that because being, I think we over glamorize business, like owning a business and entrepreneurship. I think it's the best thing I ever did, but no one told me how hard it was and how hard it can be to sustain. So I just feel like that connection with others, awesome, amazing. It's necessary for us. To to keep growing the, the business owners that I've seen achieve the most amount of growth with getting multiple businesses, with definitely building their portfolio. They they're they're always they're always working on on something. They don't just they they are such hard workers. And also one thing I think too is that they do they they surround themselves with a consortium of professionals and people and they have a good circle around them supporting them much again like a sports team i mean you have like all your different coaches but i mean otherwise you'll tend to be stagnant and one of the reasons i got into this business is i found there were too many business owners 
that were working to pay their landlord because their businesses really weren't that profitable because they Mm -hmm. weren't making data-driven decisions. And so, you know, you walk into like a smoothie store or something like that, and the owner's working at the counter. That that should not be happening. But they probably didn't do a prop. What's that? They want to. They may want to, but sometimes, sometimes, many times it's not the case. (laughs) Or the employees or whatever, or. And then they would go to my husband because that he's an attorney to try to get them like out of the situation. And then I just felt like there has to be a better way where we really understand the business, the revenue, their dreams, their aspirations, where do they need to go? Where do they want to go? And then you can make better decisions. And 10,000 small businesses helped me even personally in my business. I was so good for doing that for anybody else. But when it came to my own business, I did not have that same level of intentionality. (laughs) So... Yes, yes. So I guess we have a plug. Hopefully they'll uh, share this with the other folks. <laughs> oh, let's hope so. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, it was so good to connect and thanks everyone who listened in today and our next episode will be dropping in two weeks. So thanks for tuning in to the Performance Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Calandrino. Again, we have Adrian Fuller and we will include information on how to find her and what she's doing. <laughs>